Hello and welcome to Running the Table, an ongoing podcast about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. If you would like to ask a question to our host or guests, please email them to rttpodcast at gmail.com or send them to Running the Table on either Twitter or Facebook. I'm your host, Keith, and today I have a very interesting topic for you on preparedness and improvisation. When any of us play tabletop role-playing games, whether as a player or a game master, and whether experienced or playing for the first time, we inevitably run into situations we weren't expecting. These circumstances where we're at a loss and don't have the plan written out for how to continue. As a player, you likely encounter these by design. But as a GM or DM, your players can, and will, throw you for a loop just as often. Sometimes these are intentional, but most often they just act in a way that you didn't expect. Often, this is where many GMs learn to improvise. And improvisation is a wonderful tool in a GM's kit. It can turn a session on its heels and bring you to an area of your world you never had a chance to fully explore or bring to life before. It can immerse players in truly feeling like they are their characters. They are the ones making choices, and that those choices can bring them into different paths that are written as they walk them. For a GM skilled in improvisation, on-the-fly decisions can build your world for you and set up quests that you never even thought would interest your players before. It can mean the difference between a thriving, living world and a lower-dimensional story without room for diversions. However, that's if a GM is skilled in it, and improvisation is difficult. There are, after all, whole classes out there dedicated just to learning to think on your feet and roll with the punches. It isn't natural to a lot of us, and definitely can still be difficult for experienced GMs and players. And when improvisation is difficult for you, it can really put a damper on things. If you can pull it off, then it's great. But when you can't quite manage it, as happens to even the most talented of actors and storytellers, the story can end up falling a bit flat. It can face a stutter, or even worse, break into the realm of, don't worry about it, just do what I say. Hopefully, you're all on the same page when I say that we, as DMs and GMs, want to avoid telling our players to not make decisions and to just do what we tell them or stick to the plot lines I've written in our stories. Tabletop RPGs are interactive, multiplayer experiences that can wind every which way and still end up making some semblance of sense. They're not often meant to be single plotline choiceless tales. And I don't mean to say that railroading or guiding isn't a valid option, but there should be an in-world reason for them to color within the lines and follow the leader, not a meta-reason in the form of a GM telling them to. So, what can you do to keep improv alive at your table? Well, there are a number of tricks and tools that you can use to make it easier on you and your players. But before I dive into that, I just want to say that if you want your players to feel like they have a choice and that they have agency in your game, good for you. 
It's important for players to feel that sense of decision-making, and in my opinion, really brings out the best stories in all of us when it can be at least somewhat embraced. Without sacrificing the overall plot, if you have one, of course. And encouraging it starts with you and how you run your table. Leave things a bit open-ended at times, or give the players some downtime, and let them interrupt your descriptions with questions about what they're seeing. I know it can be difficult letting yourself be interrupted, but it can be appropriate. For example, when describing a street as if the players are seeing it for the first time, it makes sense that the drunkard in your party sees the tankard on a sign and immediately heads for it, disregarding what else they may have seen or observed. Treat these interruptions as if those characters have tunnel vision, and let them make their decisions. Even if it means heading into a tankard and goblet store instead of a pub. So, if you're going to encourage improvisation and choice among your players, you should be confident in either your ability to respond in kind, or your ability to react. Now, this doesn't mean being the greatest improvisational storyteller in your group. It can mean, instead, doing a little prep work to make it seem like you are. If you're not the best at improvisation, then you need to do your prep work. Specifically, you need to do something that I call building your backups. As GMs and storytellers, we like to build our worlds and tell the tales of the people within. Usually, that means they have to have a reason for being what they are and where they are, but it doesn't always make sense to lock someone into a place right away. Don't toss those characters in those places out that don't fully fit to an in-depth, detailed area of your world, or a social network, or even any other person. If they don't belong to a fixed point in your story, you can still use them, and I even recommend that you make more of them. This is what I mean by building your backups. It's a very simple practice that can make you seem like an amazing improvisational storyteller to your players. You take an NPC you've developed, a store you've stocked, named and built, or an enemy or monster you've concocted and built out, but you don't place them in your character's paths. You save them, you stockpile them, and you set them aside in a special place. I personally have, for games and stories I've told in the past, had an entire notebook built up of these backups. And it's a great exercise for those seeking to improve or build out their world-building skills or character development skills. If you find yourself wanting to learn how to make more NPCs, do it. Make more NPCs and put them with your backups. If you always struggle at setting up a store or a shop and descriptions that go along with it, make a few and use them as backups. Turn this stockpile and your practice into a treasure trove to solve your improv woes. When the players decide they need to speak to the mayor of a town you never elected one to, 
Give them Gregor Sanikov that you wrote a backstory for but never placed or used anywhere else. He can now be the mayor of this little town. He can have been elected not too long ago. And you've got a new NPC that makes it feel as if he was there all along. When they want to go shopping, pull out one of those previously generated shop descriptions that you've written. And then take one of those shopping lists that you put together. And that's what that store sells. Congratulations, it now lives in that town that they are in. And for even greater wow factor and use for yourself as a world builder and storyteller, I recommend writing a set of each of these for each world that you build. Not only will it give you your backups and let you react more appropriately, but it can provide the much-needed detail and depth of the world that you're building. It can enlighten areas that you may have never thought to explore before and make your world all the richer for it. When you do write these, make sure that when you use them, use them once. Fix them once players have encountered them. In short, when you write it, that store exists somewhere in the ether. But when the players actually encounter it, it now exists in that city. And it now has that proprietor. In short, build your backup monsters, NPCs, enemies, allies, shops, nobles, and more as a sort of quantum stockpile that represents your world. Until the players encounter them, these backups could be attached to anywhere in this world you've built and merely inform the backdrop therein. And for the more industrious of you, it is possible to build out entire subsections of connected buildings, social networks, organizations, etc. that serve as backups. You need a new crime organization and you never built one for this town? Well, lucky for the industrious GM out there, you could have one in your stockpile of backups. All in all, having this kind of uh, backlog and stockpile built up, and having built them up, whether character, encounter, story element, or what have you, gives you a lot of wiggle room when you're faced with an unexpected choice or decision or even player outcome during a game. It can mean the difference between a beautifully fluid, improvised moment and a start and stop, immersion-breaking one, where you have to come up with something on the fly, looking through all of the rule books and taking 30 minutes to build a shop right in front of your players. So, build your backups, make your improvised moments beautiful, and keep yourself and your players immersed in the story at hand. Thank you for listening to this episode of Running the Table on Building Your Backups. Please, join me next episode where I will be joined by Rick with Unruly Arcana. As always, if you find yourself with questions that you want answered about anything tabletop role-playing game related, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me at both Running the Table on Twitter 
and Facebook.